Hi there, and welcome to The Brave, a podcast all about resilience. I'm your host, Beth and Vincent, and in each episode, I interview someone different about their experiences with overcoming challenge, managing risk, managing stress and anxiety, and all of the things that really add pressure to our daily lives. Now this week, in episode number five, I've been chatting to Rob Kendall. Rob is a front-end developer who works in York, and we have a really good discussion about how to manage things like stress and anxiety when you're up against deadlines and the general pressures of every day at work, you know, whether you're managing staff or dealing with complex projects. Now I'm going to cut straight to the chase and we'll dive into the chat with Rob. Hi, Bethan. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on the on the uh, podcast. So I'm Rob Kendall. I'm a, a senior um, UI developer. That's a fancy fancy new term for front end development. So I work in I, I build kind of user interfaces and, and various kind of web apps and things like that. I've done that my entire career. I've been a kind of developer and in IT. I've never really done anything outside of that. Um, I was looking forward to being on the show really to talk a little bit about. The, the kind of day-to-day stresses and there's there's a lot in our kind of development environment um, around anxiety and, and kind of daily just stresses of deadlines and things like this and how, how kind of I cope with it and you know hope that you know maybe other people can benefit from it as well. In terms of being a developer could you give the listeners a flavour of what day-to-day that actually involves because some people may have not come across it as a job before. Yeah I mean Largely, you know, pe- people to the outside world will kind of look at it a bit like the Matrix and just think you, you kind of look at those kind of screens and make <laughs> magic happen, which is, is a very high level part of it. Um, I think the, the bigger part of, of being a developer in software or, or web development is really being a problem solver. That, that's largely what the job's about. It's it's looking at how to move the needle from A to B and breaking down bigger problems into small and small problems and solving them for X using a variety of software. In kind of real real terms, what I'm doing at the minute is I'm I'm kind of building user interfaces for login screens. So when you go somewhere like you know say Google and you want to log into your Gmail account, um, you'll get that user username password that authentication flow. Um, my current job at the minute for a company called I Am Cloud, um, we're, we're in that kind of um, single sign-on authentication space. So that's I'm redesigning that at the minute. That's that's what I physically do. But on a on a high level, it, it's really about about kind of problem solving. Um, so, so day to day, I'll have a list of, of tasks to get through, whether that's kind of, you know, putting boxes on a screen or whether it's kind of making what happens when you put information into those boxes, do something uh, somewhere else on the web. That, that's largely kind of what I do. And in terms of kind of day to day stresses, what, what are those in that kind of job? I think sometimes it can be it can be deadlines. Um, and deadlines and curveballs, I'd probably say. Um, so it's really about, you know, you have a, we, we tend to work in a lot of software places. It's very popular, this kind of agile development process. So we, we work in sprints, which are usually about two to three weeks is more the common length of time where we'll, we'll build something and deliver it. So we're working towards a deadline and at the beginning of the kind of the sprint. So before we start doing this, these two weeks of work, uh, we'll go through and plan what tasks we're going to do and what we're going to accomplish by the end of the two weeks. Now, that's very difficult with, with software because you're not sure really how quite how long sometimes some things are going to take. You can kind of have a best guess. But, you know, when you've kind of committed to deliver something at the end of this time period, the closer you get to that, the further you are away from actually being able to deliver that, the closer you get to the deadline. Those can be real kind of stresses. And um, in terms of, sorry, deadlines, 
yeah are, are they every three weeks kind of on the dot you've got to ship something or do you get a bit of rest in between or are you literally on this cycle all the time um it depends where it depends where you work um some places uh the, the recent company i was in before where i am now you know we we kind of had three week sprints with with kind of like a very relaxed week at the end of it where um, you know, we could fit a bit more in if we needed to, or we could you know, give us a bit of a buffer, if you like, if we weren't quite ready. Um, because it, they're not, again, it depends where you work. Some places are very hard deadlines, we must release it. Others are kind of, you know, we really must get it right. That's the kind of key driver. If we can get it right and deliver it at the same time, um, you know, but I think the more you do it, the more you get used to what you can achieve. And it, for me personally, ideally, you should be coming in a little bit um, conservative with your time estimate and in terms of kind of that's I guess the job side of things in terms of kind of the day-to-day -day effect on maybe your mental health or mental state how do you find that it's weird it's a weird one for me I mean I, I've suffered with um, anxiety and kind of uh, generalized you know anxiety disorder and like panic disorder and things like this um, for, for quite some time since I was in my early sort of early mid 20s um, and that is very much kind of me focused internally on myself um, and generally with in, in terms of day-to-day -day stresses in software development it's never something that's, that's really caused me a massive amount um, a massive amount of stress very you know ridiculous requests at the last minute in deadlines generally tend to you know cause a bit of a flap but you know, I, I've worked in really intense environments. I was a special constable for a while. Um, you're dealing with people threatening you with knives. So really, that's kind of the the pinnacle. You know, I think anything else is kind of a bit. You know, if we don't get this built today, we want to aim towards it, but it, it's not going to actually get you stabbed. It kind of takes the edge off the stress a little bit, having had that real sort of stress um, environment. So I, I find that I'm talking about resilience I'm a lot more resilient uh, to to kind of day-to-day -day work and for someone maybe who is themselves suffering with like GAD or anxiety would you say actually there is something in exposing yourself to a very high stress a very high pressure situation to give you maybe some context or some sense of scale probably not I mean I, I think you know, it's it helped me from a from a job point of view, maybe being exposed to those high levels of, of kind of stress. And I mean, I definitely recommend going and doing that. You know, there's more to it than just um, tackling knife wielding, you know, drug maniacs. Um, there's, there is that kind of getting in the community and really helping people. But um, yeah, I, I think it depends what what triggers what triggers your anxiety, what what kind of drives that. I think definitely getting getting help. And, and, you know, the longer you have it, it's not something that, that kind of like you have a broken leg and it goes away. You, you've got that for life. It's in the same Venn diagram with kind of depression and things. And you never really just go, oh, I'm not depressed anymore. You always have it. It's just about management. And the longer you have stuff, I think um, the, the easier it is to kind of recognise when you need to reach out for a little bit of help and, and kind of help manage it. And in terms of managing it, what are your kind of tactics? Um, I, I think sometimes it, it's about knowing what your triggers are um, and, and and kind of when you need to actually step in beyond just maybe having a little bit of distance. I think, you know, meditation and yoga, it's a very sort of cliched response to like, hey, how would you fight anxiety and stress in some yoga? But it does help. It, it's about, you know, managing your breathing is at the core of a lot of management for kind of anxiety because sometimes, you know, you're doing stuff that you recognise as kind of driving an anxiety, but it's actually, you know, the shortness of breath, the tightness, tightness in your chest. These are physical symptoms to what your brain's sort of um, causing. So by slowing your breath and calming down a little bit, 
those can really help. Um, so yeah, I, I do a lot of that. I have some some good, oh, what's the word, CBT kind of, I've gone through various CBT courses. I, I've got a, a, a back catalogue of kind of tools of things to um, that really help you kind of acknowledge the anxiety that's happening and then kind of work through some steps to deal with it. And I'm really interested because you're obviously someone who works in tech. Have you explored any of the kind of tech solutions out there, like the apps or I know there's kind of some software programs that help you monitor your stress and anxiety levels. Yeah, weirdly, I have. I do like I do like tech. I do like um, I like my techie solutions to things. Um, I used what have I used? Um, there's one called um, I think it's called Calm or something like that that helps you kind of really diarise where you are. I've got another one at the minute. It's quite new and it's quite lightweight, but I quite like it. It's called I think it's called Mood Street or something like that. It's a really cute little. Looks like the the ghost from one of the Pac Man uh, video game. And really, he just pops up at various times a day and goes, "Hey, how are we doing?" And you just kind of choose on a scale of you know brilliant to um, diabolical where you are, and um, and and that kind of helps you again reflect and think about where you are in the moment, and then write down what you're doing. And over time, it gives you this nice colourful map. Um, that shows you like well on this on this day in this period you're having a great time these ones not so much but maybe there's some you know causation there you've had a lot of coffee you're not feeling as good Um, because that's that's again you know coffee's a a great trigger for anxiety but I drink it because I like coffee so there is that element of you know to kind of do sometimes do it to myself but yeah I've used I've used calm I'd I'd definitely recommend that mood um, Furious Mood Street that's really that's really helpful as well and this is a question I ask everyone who comes on the show but um what would you say so far in your life, whether pre- professional, personal, uh, physical, has been the biggest challenge you've overcome? It's really difficult. Recently, uh, redundancy has been quite a challenge um, mm. because it's, you know, we were, my uh, there was about 10 of us made redundant from a, from a company I'd not long started at. So in terms of um, any kind of, uh, you know, compensation for that, there was none because I'd literally been there about five weeks. And that, that's when I'm the, I'm the single um, breadwinner in my my house, and I've got family to support, and that is quite a big, you know, that coupled with with general day to day anxiety is not a great kind of uh, start to a Thursday morning. So I'd certainly say recently that's been quite difficult because you don't have time to really sit and process it. It is it is very sudden. It is a kind of form of loss, you know, when it when it boils down to it. It's not the same as someone dying, but there's mm. a lot of similar reactions that your body has it's something that you don't want to happen that's just suddenly dumped on you um but you don't have time to really process it because you think well i've got to put my energy into into sorting you know my job out to keep my family um in sort of food and housing that's been a really a really tough challenge um recently i think yeah yeah i i almost think like leaving a job and whether you know you choose to or you don't is a bit like a breakup you have a similar kind of and it's really weird when you go through it and you're like I, I almost like shouldn't be this emotionally attached but it's because of the relationships you've built with people and like you say the kind of the concept of being at work you know it's what we're all kind of told to do it's what we all have to do from an economic perspective and you have that taken away and it's yeah extremely difficult yeah especially when you're when you're kind of fortunate enough to be you know to as, as I count myself to be in an industry doing what I love doing and I was in a company doing what I love doing in a company with company that I love doing it um and to have that kind of taken away it does it, does, it falls into one of those one of those big five life events you know it's like death marriage jobs um mm. houses, houses and babies you know it falls into one of those and it, it yeah it, it takes a knock on definitely people help as well you know we, we talk about resilience and I think um one of the best things to do is just talk talk to people you know about about whatever even sometimes just shooting the breeze about absolutely nothing can really can really help get you away from whatever it is that's causing you kind of stress 
Um, I think if more people reach out and talk to other people um, and, and really, you know, it, it does, it really helps. Even for people like me, I'm, I'm not a, a massive people person in my personality type, but, you know, it definitely helps. And it, and it helps across the board, things like stress and anxiety, but also in this, in, in this instance, finding another job. I was able to reach out to a LinkedIn network that were quite happy to go, yeah, we've got a job. And it's also like sometimes you can be a bit ashamed of kind of saying, oh, I'm in a bit of a difficult situation. Can I have some help? But no one no one can help you and improve the situation unless you tell people about it. Yeah, absolutely. And people, you know, when we talk about mental health, which is becoming, I mean, I'm pleased the way it's going. It's becoming more and more of a focus for you know everyone just people in general the nhs they're recognizing that it is more of an issue but you know even even people without diagnosed mental health disorders just people who, who suffer with you know a stressful job and things um because it's not like a physical symptom again if you go back to the break in your leg everyone go great you broke well not great but you've broken your leg <laughs> you've got a cast on we know what we're doing with that we know what we're dealing with um but no one can really until you've experienced it it's very difficult and it's very internal and, and a lot of things like stress, they have physical symptoms to you. But, you know, if you're in a very stressful place, they don't always outwardly manifest themselves. So people think you're fine, especially if you're like, hey, how are we doing? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Great. And then, you know, in those kind of British pleasantries that we have. Um, mm. And yeah, but it's become more important than ever to really speak up about it. And that that whole it's it's OK to not be OK movement is, is brilliant because it is. It's genuinely not OK. It's generally OK to, to not be OK. So. You've been a people manager throughout your career and have you um, got any tips for anyone who is a manager themselves and maybe is um, dealing with staff with mental health issues or they suspect their staff could use some support in that area? Yeah, I, I think, again, you know, it, it's about communication. Um, you you don't know without without really finding out. You, you know, it's not easy to just look at someone and go, yeah, they've definitely got anxiety they're definitely suffering with whatever you don't know what other people are kind of going through whether that's something temporary like um you know they've moved house and it's just a bit of a fluster because again moving house isn't a smooth process even though it's a positive mm. experience no one ever moves house and goes, yeah it's completely smooth no problem whatsoever <laughs> um so I, I think having making sure that you've got those lines of communication you know i i think it is difficult being a manager because you 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 need to have these aspects of kind of friendship but you can't really be kind of have the same um, friend kind of relationship that you would if you were like just a general same level colleague. You, you do have to have that, I think, that separation. Um, but I think, yeah, keeping the lines of communication open, just saying to people, we'll have a regular one to one every week, maybe or every couple of weeks where we can just talk about anything. You know, someone's annoying me from the other office. Um, I'm, I'm moving out. It's a bit stressful. I've had a great time rock climbing or actually talking about business. I think having those regular sit downs, it was something we did when I worked at York University. Um, and I, I found that to be really good. You know, if nothing else, you just needed a bit of a vent. It was it was a great one on one time with, you know, with my manager and then with my uh, my direct reports. Um, and it helps you find out what's going on because then things come up like, you know, I, I had a direct report who was really struggling with his house. He was living up in Teesside and having to commute every day, but he was oh, struggling. Wow. Yeah, yeah, hero. I wouldn't do it. Ultimately, it comes down if 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 no one, if you don't find out what's going on, you know, you don't know what's going on, and it's very easy to sit there and think everything's fine because people do generally skew towards putting that face on. Again, this is a question I like to ask everyone who comes on the show. What does resilience mean to you? Um, yeah, so re resilience to me really, it's about 
um, facing adversity and challenges and, and how you how you bounce back from them. You know, sometimes they knock you down, um, but it, it's about kind of how you get up and that you and it's very important that you do get up and you go through them because everyone has challenges. Um, everyone has their own their own battles that they fight, and I think you know resilience to me just means building building yourself a tool set to deal with with challenges. And I also think like resilience is a big part of being a developer. Now I'm not a developer myself, but I have kind of tried to write code in the past. It's terrible. No one look on my <laughs> GitHub, please. Um, but it is that kind of sitting down, and you'll come across a problem that might take you two or three hours to solve. And the solution will be something ridiculously simple that and it's a very frustrating experience, but you do have to just keep on almost chipping away. That's how I felt while I, whilst I was doing it. Is that kind of fair? Yeah, again, it, 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 it will. And sometimes it's ridiculous problems and you can't see the wood for the trees. I, I am not proud to say that I've spent easily three or four hours looking at the same thing of code going why isn't it working and eventually you find that you've missed the semicolon off or you've oh. you've spelt the variable wrong so yeah you have one of those words that like you type in i mean i'm, I'm ridiculous for, for typing people i type quite quickly but people are regularly miss like the o out so it's just mm. like people and if you've got a variable it's like people something and then somewhere later down the line you've called it pepple and you're like why is it not working and and you know sometimes um linters and and highlighters now and the error consoles they don't give the most helpful message it's more just there's a problem is that what i can i i know there is yeah but where is it um and it can take you ages and sometimes the resilient part of that is just knowing that you know every fiber of your being you want to stay there and fix this thing you've just got to walk away and I, i've literally gone away for 15 minutes done anything else um you know whether it's just read a book go outside for a wander come back and then you're off um and and you find that 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 moment of you know, just being aware from your problem um gives you a bit of clarity and you come back and you can kind of crack on so you know i, I agree completely that you do you do need some good resilience to to just know i will get past this problem um just not right this second yeah so thank you very much for having me uh, I've, I've enjoyed my my very first podcast very honored to uh, to be on the show if you'd like to find out more please do reach out to me i'm quite happy to talk to anyone about about anything we've we've kind of talked about or in general you can find me on my website at uh, robkendall.co.uk or you can find me on twitter at kendall mint code I hope you've really enjoyed that episode and thanks so much to Rob for coming on and having a chat. It was really, really interesting and it certainly resonated a lot with me. Now, if you want to get kind of behind the scenes news and get up to date on what's happening on the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at The Brave Listen. You can also follow me at Beth and Vincent as well if you want a bit of a kind of insight into my life. I mostly post about food and cats, but that's absolutely fine with me. And um, I'd love it if you would leave a review and a rating of the podcast. It just means that more people can find it and I get a little bit of insight into what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying, what I can improve. That would be awesome. And if you want to subscribe, do it. Just follow us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And I'm hoping to be on more platforms as we go. So if there are any you're dying for me to be on, let me know via Twitter or email or your preferred medium of choice. But that's all from me. I'll see you next week in episode six. 